my name is Retainer Nyamweda and welcome to another episode of In My Twenties. In My Twenties. So if I were to summarize today's episode, I would have to say that it is real, it is raw, and it is authentic. Today's episode is all about the heart. It is about speaking about relationships, pain, loss, heartbreak, and how to rebuild yourself again. So whether you are single, dating, in a relationship, which is technically dating, um, engaged, or even married, I am 100% certain that there is something for everyone in this episode. So without further delay, here is our lovely guest. Hi, my name is Bernice. I'm 28 years old. I'm a digital editor and I've been in journalism for 10 years now. I'm also a lifelong student um, and I've been a fitness freak of late. Now in today's episode, there are so many aha, epiphany, gem moments that are so unforgettable. And this is just one of them. I felt like I was on a train and at the end, at the station that the train was going to arrive at was our family and he was there as well. And the train was just, you know, the wedding, you know, and I felt so trapped, like, how do I stop this? Because it's not me, you know, it's just not meant to be. The In By Twenties podcast is split up into three sections. In the first section, we get to hear a little bit about Bernice's career journey. In the second section, we dive into today's topic, which is all about love, heartbreak, and starting over. And in the final section, we gain some insight and advice from Bernice about what being in your 20s is all about. So my career journey is actually a bit unusual in the sense that I started off with an internship in journalism and um, I did that internship for a year as a community journalist. I then moved on and started working for a mainstream magazine. Um, And while I was working, I realized that, um, you know, as much as I hadn't studied uh, to start off with, I thought, you know, I respect my, 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 my career and my passion so much that it's actually time to start doing a bit of study. So I started off with marketing management. From then on, I went on to do an honours. And, you know, throughout the years, I was just working my way up. I then became a social media manager. And from then onwards, I became a digital content producer for one of the biggest newspapers in the country. And I then ended up with another mainstream newspaper where I was a deputy digital editor. Whether or not you're single or you're dating, the discussions of getting married and having kids is something we speak about almost every day. Um, So Bernice, in your story and aligned with today's topic, you almost got married. As a woman who's 20 something at the moment, getting married is on my list. Not top of my list right now, but it's definitely on my list. So tell us a bit about your journey. When I was growing up, I was always like, I want to get married by 24, 25. I had my whole life planned. Mm. I was like, by 27, we'd be engaged. By 28, 30, I'd have my firstborn kid, you know. So my life actually went according to what I planned out when I was younger. Mm. And by the time I was 24, 25, I'd been in a relationship for five years with my ex-fiance mm-hmm. and it just felt um, you know logical that was like the logical step to do you know sure. to, to, to take the relationship further and get married and so that's what happened we, we got engaged um, I was going on 25 at the time wow. and even the way in which we got engaged was so I mean it was very African because mm-hmm. we were just sitting on a couch one day and he said yeah. to me um, you know, I think that I'm actually going to speak to my uncles. And I'm like, oh, okay. Oh, Everyone knows what that means, mm, you know. And you sit up and you're like, it's <laughs> happening. It's really <laughs> happening. And 
I was like, okay. Um, and he spoke to his uncles and I told my family. And next thing, you know, the arrangement started happening. And I had a rock on my finger, you know. So How did he um, propose? So he proposed in, in Cape Town, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, so we went through the whole traditional route. And mm-hmm. we flew down to Cape Town to see my family. Mm-hmm. And when we got here, we were staying in Hout Bay at a beautiful resort that mm-hmm. had like an amazing view. So we went out one night, we had dinner, we had drinks, and I was wondering why he was so nervous. Mm-hmm. You know? There was just something there, and I couldn't really put my finger on it. Yeah. And when we got back to the resort, we just decided to sit outside, mm-hmm. because that's where you could, could actually see and hear the waves. Mm-hmm. And the next thing, we were having a glass of wine, and I literally looked away for like a few seconds, mm-hmm. and he was on his knees. Oh, you wow. Know? And Maybe stop. <laughs> so he was very romantic, I okay. say, amazingly romantic person, and that's how the proposal happened. Oh, wow. And obviously you were like, this is what you've been waiting for. Um, at the point I was excited, okay. um, but I, I think I was more excited that there were two aspects, right? Yeah. I was more excited that I had accomplished my life plan. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, and I was also, I think, excited at the prospect of having it all together. Mm. Once you get engaged, the dynamics of the relationship also changes. Mm. Things start to feel a little bit more permanent. Okay. So there's also other traits that start popping up mm. that you never really experienced when you were just dating. Yes, yeah. You know, so I would say even in that process, yeah. we started getting to know more things about each other, you know, yeah. how we make decisions, yeah. how we handle, you know, the the business of getting married and even mm-hmm. having a wedding, mm-hmm. you know, um, budgeting and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. So I started to learn more about him from that from that aspect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So now you're engaged, you've spoken to the family, everybody knows now we go into and you're quite cultural and traditional, so Lobola negotiations. Um, did you proceed with that, I'm assuming? Yes, yes, yes. So we proceeded with that. Um, you know, I'm engaged and I'm, I'm, I'm starting to even look at wedding dresses and things like that. My whole family knows. Mm. And we were actually actively starting to plan for a wedding, you know. Um, and we had planned that from about a year or so after we got engaged, that's when we'd actually have, you know, the wedding and everything. Wow. Um, and I think during that time, um, I did have questions, okay. right, if I was really making the right decision. I did wonder at times if this was really for me. Mm-hmm. By for me, I meant if this marriage to him was what was supposed to happen. Okay. So there were doubts, yeah. but they were the type of doubts that I also just kept pushing back and mm-hmm. thinking, maybe these are the things that happen when exactly. you're married. Exactly. It's not such a big deal, actually. Yeah. But my intuition was honestly telling me that this was not it. And as relationships work with friends or family, you do know that there are difficult times. So I completely hear you on saying maybe this was just a feeling or an emotion and not necessarily I'll get over it, but maybe by going through it, it will become better and there'll be a reason for it. Exactly. That is exactly what I you know, kept telling myself. I ignored red flags that I saw. Mm. Um, you know, there were certain issues that we both had throughout the five years of dating. Some issues that we could solve by speaking, then we'd get over it. But there were some things that just were not changing mm. or not getting better. And I think that's why I'm saying that when you actually at that point where you engage, there's that sense of things are really getting permanent. Mm. And you really start wondering if this is really going to be your life at the mm. end of the day, you know? Yeah. Um, so that's what really, really concerned me. So take me to the moments. Obviously, you've had these, you've spoken about the red flag moments. You've spoken about those things that were nudging you, telling you, oh, maybe not. Uh, whether it was your intuition or, you know, that just that thing inherently, and I think it's very strong in, in women, 
that that spiritual mm, I'm not quite comfortable what was the defining moment for you to go yes our families have all met each other but it's enough now and I can't do this anymore I would say it was a build up I would say there were lots of moments where the both of us would actually say that you know what I don't, we don't know what we're doing he would also be like actually this is you know this is a mistake um, we'd have fights, a lot of fights, and both fights from both ends would always be like, okay, we need to call this off, you know. So I, I started acting out, you know, during the, that year that I was engaged, because mm -hmm. I obviously felt it in my spirit that okay. this was not meant to be. Mm -hmm. um, and it was acting out in, you know, various ways. It was just not wanting to really be in the moment anymore. Okay. Almost feeling like I wanted to escape mm -hmm. um, the relationship and the marriage feeling so much pressure from both our families, so much pressure from a, a, a religious perspective as well, because they had certain expectations of the both of us that I felt that we could not fulfill and we were not ready to fulfill. Okay. And those moments of me acting out was just me wanting to, me wishing that I just wasn't there anymore. Okay. Me actually wanting to just run away from everything, oh, wow. you know, okay. to just quit it. But how do I quit it when so many people are involved already? Mm -hmm. I felt like I was on a train and at the end, at the station that the train was going to arrive at was our whole family and he was there as well. And the train was just, you know, the wedding, you know, and... I felt so trapped, like, how do I stop this? Because mm -hmm. it's not me, you know, it's just not meant to be. Wow. We're not right for each other, mm -hmm. you know. More than anything, through the five years, we've just been trying to, you know, we break up, we make up, we break up, we make up. Mm -hmm. we, it's almost like we're trying to prove to each other that, that this can work. Wow. So it doesn't feel natural. And I'm not saying that relationships don't have ups and downs. They do. But there's peace, mm -hmm. you know. So you know when something is worth fighting for. You know that it's meant to be on the long term and I didn't have that sense of peace. Mm -hmm. I mean we live in a society where we love movies and TV and it's all gonna be like one way and I think even the the pain and the emotional journey that comes with that coming that comes with having been you know traditionally and culturally married and married in a sense and then making that decision to go guys we're actually not this is not it that forever and ever that dream family the dream wedding the kids all of that is this person that you've um, dreams that you'd be with I mean now that you've gotten that far and it's not and how how emotionally taxing what was the emotional journey for you um, going through that it was it was extremely emotionally taxing because first of all there was so much disappointment I felt disappointed with myself I felt disillusioned about what had happened I felt guilty you know that I was hurting all these people with with this decision that I made that this could no longer happen I felt his pain as well as somebody who thought that he was going to you know get married mm -hmm. it affected me at work you know it affected my ability to concentrate it affected yeah. my ability to execute my work properly on a day-to-day -day yeah. basis um, it affected my relationship with my family mm -hmm. you know, some members of my family who weren't really supportive of my decision yeah. and that's because they felt that my reasons were not concrete enough you know because you'll find that a person people will ask you okay are you being physically abused and you say no okay mm -hmm. um was there infidelity and you say no wow. what is the matter wow. you know yeah. i feel like especially in in, in black culture People don't understand how important your emotional health is. Mm. People don't understand how important 
you know, if there's red flags and behavior that's happening constantly, repetitively, mm. and that behavior is hurting the other person, yeah. but as a result that affects you, mm. then you need to remove yourself from a situation like mm. that. Yeah. So walking away from that was one of the biggest decisions I've ever made in my life. Mm. And it's not a decision that I regret because I can see why it needed to happen, mm. but it was an emotionally draining exercise. Yeah, yeah. Where you met with a lot of resistance and a lot of people not only questioning but maybe even trying to force you to go through with the marriage anyway? Of course, I was met with a lot of resistance, especially from my aunts. Um, and they were trying to force me, you know. There was a lot of uh, statements that were made that you've already come this far. There's no going back from this moment onwards, you know. Wow. Um, there was resistance in the sense of, yeah, but you do realize that marriages are not perfect, you know. No one's marriage is perfect. Everybody has issues, mm -hmm. so you just need to suck it up and move on. So there were statements like that that were made from quite a few people. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that obviously affected my relationship with them. I didn't speak to some people for a very long time because I had to just cut off that communication. Mm -hmm. um, and even on their end, you know, they were so angry with me that they stopped talking to me as well. Mm -hmm. So it was just, you know, from both sides. But I had to protect my peace and I had to be true to who I am. Mm -hmm. And I had to be honest. And in being honest sometimes, that's what happens. Mm. You know, people will get hurt and some people won't agree with your decisions, but it's a matter of just sticking to who you are and moving on. And then what came next or after that? Because now you've spoken to people, you've told them you're not getting married anymore, you've told them you're calling it off. How do you recover? How do you begin the journey to now finding who you are independent of this person you thought you were going to marry? Where do you even start? So what came next, I would say, was a period a period that lasted for a good three years of me unlearning so much. Sure. Um, but before I got to that process of unlearning, you know, um, everybody finally accepted my decision um, and it ended, you know, and we, we, we went our separate ways and we moved on. Mm -hmm. And here I am, I found myself, you know, at 24, 25, feeling like I kind of have some sort of stigma mm. attached to me because um, I had made this life-changing decision, mm. you know. Um, so I was also confused, honestly, about my identity. I was confused who I am um, as Bernice. I felt like I had to start all over again. Mm. And I feel like in that confusion and in that sense of still trying to find myself and dealing with that hurt, mm. because it was a very hurtful decision, uh, not only for the people that impacted, but for me as well. I found myself struggling, but at the same time still wanting to be loved, you mm. know, still wow. wanting to go into a relationship again. Yeah. And, and sure. so I did. I went into another relationship, mm. which... I feel was not the right decision to make, okay. but because of my brokenness at the time and because of the fear that I had mm. of, of being alone mm. you know, and not wanting to completely deal with the impact of what had happened, you mm. know, um, I just felt that, okay, having someone again will just make things better, mm. you know, it will make everything seem bright again, mm. you know. Um, and so what happened was that that relationship lasted for about a year and some months. Okay. But at the end of that relationship as well, um, because I hadn't dealt with the end of you know the the, 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 the engagement, wow. I felt like I was going through two breakups, oh, you know, wow. all at once. Sure. So it was like all these bottled up emotions from the first breakup, mm -hmm. and then bottled up emotions 
obviously that come with you know breakup again mm. so all of that just put in one yeah. was just it, it, it was you know it was it was another apartment mm. and were you speaking to anyone on the more expensive side is obviously going to a psychologist and no one not many people can afford a psychologist or even some sort of counseling but were you being counseled by anyone were you speaking to anyone friends family i know obviously you were dealing with things on your friend on your family side but who were you speaking to so I did have a very good support system. I had friends, you know, friends that I could speak to, friends that, I, that would listen to me. Um, I did see a psychologist after the breakup of the engagement, and that helped me. That gave me like the tools mm-hmm. um, with how to cope, you know, in terms of the the, the the judgment that could happen from family and everybody else. So that helped me quite a bit. Um, but at the end of everything, or, or when I was dealing with, you know, the, the breakups, <laughs> you know, both breakups. Mm-hmm. I wasn't really speaking to anyone. I was just trying to deal on my own. But also trying to deal with things by yourself. I get needing to have a support system, but I also get needing that time out from the world where you just go, I'm going to do this by myself. However, with that, sometimes comes a level of loneliness or depression that you just spiral into a hole to a certain extent. Did you go through that? And if you did, how did you come out of it? I went through that. Um, it was a very dark period, mm-hmm. you know. It lasted. It's it's been over a year. Um, like I said, I just felt broken. Mm-hmm. I felt like I didn't understand, you know, where I was going anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I looked back at my life and I saw that I had been in a relationship since I was 19, and here I am. I'm now 28 and I'm single again. That's like about what eight nine years. Wow. And I felt like. I need to get in touch with who I am again, you know, but that process of getting in touch with who I am is a difficult one because where do I start? How do I start defining myself again? I'm not his girlfriend anymore, you know, I'm not his fiance anymore, you know. Now I'm just Bernice, you know. So it was a dark period also in the sense that um, I, I, I did go through depression. There were moments where I couldn't even go to work, you know, there were moments where I was literally calling in sick and having to survive on a mixture of painkillers, a mixture of alcohol, a mixture of rescue, um, remedies, you know, a mixture of anxiety, medication. Mm. Just trying to wake up every single day and not close the curtains, mm. you know. Like aspe- like things that you needed to numb the pain almost. Yes, yeah. yes. So, you know, those things help me numb the pain. But at the same time, it, it, it delayed me dealing with the pain. The, the healing really began when I decided to take a sabbatical. It began when I quit my job without a plan. Um, it began also when I just decided to stop drinking, to mm-hmm. go on a little break. Mm-hmm. And it began when I also just stopped taking painkillers completely, mm-hmm. whether I had a little headache or whatever, you know, I just left everything. Wow. So I dropped all the coping mechanisms and I really started feeling the pain. Wow. So essentially the healing began when you chose you. Yes. You chose you over your job, you chose you over what everyone else thinks, you chose you over the relationship that obviously you ended. You just you decided to choose you. And and you know that that rock bottom essentially was the place where you had to start again. That's when I the rebuilding started. Mm. I started off with deciding that I'm going to live first of all. Wow. Deciding that I'm going to be real, I'm going to be honest with who I am and what I want out of life. Mm. And in order for me to do that, I needed to 
get in touch with myself spiritually and mm-hmm. needed to get in touch with God. Mm-hmm. So the prayer began. I went into a very intense prayer program where I was praying all the time, where I was praying with friends as well, mm-hmm. where people were supporting me and lifting me every single day in prayer, wow. where I was going to church, you know, I practically lived at church. Mm-hmm. You know, there was just nothing that could separate me between that could separate me and the church building. Wow. You know? So coming back to the point on unlearning, um, and, I, and I want you to explain a little bit about that unlearning process again. So the unlearning means that we just need to let go of trying to please everyone. We need to let go of, you know, not being completely honest because we're kind of afraid. You know, there's this saying, Ute Abandubazuti. So Abandubazuti, if I break this engagement, you know. What does that mean? Um, what are people going to say, mm-hmm. you know? So it's, it's control, as I mentioned, you know, mm-hmm. trying to constantly influence things, trying to force things to happen, you know, trying to put yourself into situations or relationships even mm-hmm. that are not meant for you. Mm-hmm. And that's what I found, that with both the relationships that I had, they were not meant for me, you know. Sure. But I was constantly trying to, um, I, I don't know if the, I, I was constantly trying to assimilate into a, a mold you know, that I just, I just didn't fit into, you know, I wasn't meant to be there, mm. but I just kept trying to force things, you know, mm. almost like, I know at one point I even felt like I was trying to force this person to love me, wow. I felt like I was trying to force this sure. person to accept me, you know, and how do you kind of beg or plead with someone to, to show you the basics of respect, to show you the basics of love? And that was me and learning that, that I don't have to force anyone to love me. I don't have to force anyone to like me. I don't have to force anyone to give me respect, you know. And the learning came in, in the sense that I need to respect myself first. I need to love myself first. I need to allow God to love me first. And in the process of God loving me first, he's teaching me how to be this woman that is independent, yes, but a woman who has standards, you know, a woman who you can see will not just accept this and that, you know, a woman who won't accept bad behavior. So it's just stepping away from yourself Mm -hmm. and stepping away from everything you've been taught, you know, I mean, even with relationships as women, we've also been given like tips as we grow up, you know, that you're patch your eyelashes, Mm -hmm. um, you know, (laughs) to try and attract a man, Mm -hmm. you know. But the truth of the matter is that you really just need to be yourself, you know. So what if you talk too much, you know? So what if um, you're not a fan of chocolates and flowers? You'd Mm. rather go quad biking or bungee jumping, Mm. you know? So what if you're a tomboy? Mm. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. So what if you can't cook? (laughs) So what if you can't cook? You know what I mean? Uh, The person that's going to love you is going to accept you, flaws and all, you know? Your only job is just to be who you are and just to walk in the authority that God has ordained, Mm. you know? Please tell us a little bit about your, your 20s experience that we know we've spoken about your relationships and your healing journey as well. But your 20s as a whole, what has that looked like? I've loved my 20s, mm-hmm. honestly. I feel like my 20s have just been, it's been made up of so many awesome moments, you know. Um, one proud moment was graduating last year with my honours in media and um, journalism studies. Mm-hmm. I worked so hard for that over two years. Mm-hmm. And having to do that while working was so stressful, mm-hmm. but it was it was it was worth it, you mm-hmm. know. So just being able to graduate and finally have that paper in my arms is like wow. Sure. Um, you know, it's been moments where I I just sit back and and enjoy the presence of my family, mm-hmm. you know. 
Um, it's the birth of my nieces, you know. It's just taking them out to Spur and McDonald's and watching them play and just watching the joy in their eyes mm-hmm. and hearing them call me auntie and hearing <laughs> them just miss me, you know. Um, you know, so it's been moments like that. It's been watching myself evolve into the woman that I am. Mm-hmm. You know, it's watching all the experiences that have impacted me, just mold me. It's, right. it's having a career. It's having worked with some of the greatest minds in media. Mm-hmm. You know, it's having been exposed to some really brilliant people. You know, I mean, um, an amazing moment was, you know, and a dream as well was being able to work for Destiny Magazine, wow. um, which is owned by Kanye Long. Mm-hmm. So just being in that space where there's so much like woman empowerment, yeah. and where the focus is on women getting things done mm-hmm. and, and seeing women getting things done, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so that belief that, you know what, women can spearhead things, women can lead, women can take over, where the CEO, the, 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 the chief financial officer, the accountants are all female, mm-hmm. for me that was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's traveling, you know. I, yes. I've traveled so much in my twenties. Yeah. Like it's been amazing. Yeah. Um, it's moments where I'm partying in Bali. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> listening to Tupac and Biggie, you know, amazing. in a club filled with people from all over the world, and that that music unites us. You know, we all know the lyrics, mm. and you know, it's moments like that. It's 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 kayaking in Vietnam and. Just looking at this, the mountains, you know, um, wow. the still river, and it's ah, it's been wow. amazing, you know. Wow. I've, I've literally enjoyed um, traveling to Asia. I've enjoyed exploring a bit of Africa. Hey, making new friends, mm. you know, it's meeting new people. Yeah. I met you in my twenties. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, it's making amazing connections wow. and being able to sit here. Like, mm what, six years after we met mm-hmm. and having this conversation for yeah. me that is a highlight done. Coming to what you said about like working for Destiny, working for Kanye and seeing women um, do things that you want to do, it's like that aspirational, I really do believe that, especially young girls and even us as older women, when we see people who look like us doing things that we want to do, we believe it more, it inspires us more. Yes, you can pioneer, but I think the importance of seeing and being seen is really important. For me, when I started working um, for Destiny, uh, Destiny Connect, mm-hmm. um, and you were actually my senior, <laughs> and you would take me out, you didn't have to do all those things. You took me out to the events, to, into, to I don't know, horse racing events, <laughs> dinners, Marlowe's dinner, birthday yeah. dinner, there were all these activities and events, and I was very young and new to the industry, and you pulled me in and you, you strapped me in and you were unafraid to share your knowledge and share your intellect with me and that really had an impact on the startup of my career. For me, one of the lessons of being in my 20s is just share, share the knowledge. It's not going to run away. Do you think that if you're going to give a piece of your knowledge and your pie away, you're going to lose it? No. Actually, when you start giving away, you get more. You know, And I can see that in your career, like where you are now. Like starting off as a community journalist to where you are now, it's like... Where you are so confident in your career, that's come from you releasing and saying, here it is, here's my knowledge. I loved what you're saying about releasing knowledge. Mm-hmm. Um, people need to understand that you don't hold knowledge. You, mm-hmm. know? you learn, you go through experiences, and you pass it on to the next person. Mm-hmm. You know, like we're both going to benefit. Mm-hmm. You know? And that's what I've always believed in. I've always believed in like just let's be a squad. Mm-hmm. You know? We're young, we black, um, yeah. females. Let's do this. Mm-hmm. Let's go. You know, let's make people look at us and feel our impact and mm-hmm. presence. You mm-hmm. know, it doesn't hurt at all. Yeah. Coming back to advice on being in your 20s, 
Is there any relationship advice that you could give to someone who is perhaps going through or has gone through what you went through with? I'm saying the one, the one thing I would say is that you need to feel, you need to be real. So often we try and bury our feelings, you know, we don't want to deal with, with the pain and the hurt. We want to just try and sweep it under the carpet and use something else to make us feel better. You know, that something else could be another relationship, that something else could be buying a car, um, you know, it, it could be anything really. But the one thing you need to do is when you are heartbroken is to be in the moment. Don't try and delay it. Feel as much as you can, cry as hard as you need to. Tell your friends that you know what, you just you're not out to go out, you know. Tell your people that I actually want to be alone, you know. Throw that pity party. If that means that pity party is gonna last for a month or two, mm. it's fine. Mm. Because that's all part of the process of completely releasing everything and healing, you know. So those toxic emotions and those negative emotions, they have to go somewhere. Mm. So if you try and stifle it and pretend that you're okay, and try and be strong. You know, I'm strong, I don't want to show emotion, I'm strong, I'm going to get through it. But I love what you're saying about feeling it. You have to feel it. And part of being strong is actually being honest and admitting to yourself that in this moment you're weak. At this moment, things didn't go well. At this moment, things are a mess right now. And it's okay for things to be that way, you know? And that's the thing, you always come out of it, you know? There's going to be a new day. The sun is going to rise again. Mm. You need to be real. Be honest with yourself. Be real with who you are. If you talk too much, if you're a tomboy, if you're into adventure, it doesn't matter. Embrace the real you. And so just as Bernice has been so real on today's show, I really want to encourage you all to just go out and be real. Have honest conversations. Take time out for yourself if you need to. Find people who are in your circle of friends or family who will just be able to uplift you and give you encouragement. Surround yourself with some positive people and some real people, not fake people who are here today for the good days and gone tomorrow when things get rough. Um, and thank you so, so much, Bernice, for coming on today's show and sharing your heart and sharing your journey, your realness. I know during our discussion, I said to you, this conversation is definitely going to resonate with some people. And sometimes it's just the one. Sometimes you just need that one listener who goes, wow. That's, that's me, that's my journey. So thank you so much for coming on today's show, Bernice. Um, also special thanks to all four incredible women for being on the launch month of the podcast. It is Women's Month. I've had four phenomenal millennial women and I just look forward to seeing you guys all again in the future. So without further ado and delay, I know you guys, most of you only come on the show for the outro and I am going to exit the only way I know how with the In My Twenties Shanko. Five, six, one, two, three, four. In my twenties, in my twenties, how old are you? I am in my twenties, in my twenties, in my twenties, in my twenties, in my twenties. Sure, I don't know if that worked. All right, bye.